Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. And he swings! New episode of the call up here. We are going to check in on the Arizona Fall League and then we are going to build our prospect Frankenstein. Sounds weird. It's cool. Jack's idea, but it actually is pretty cool. We'll get into that in a second. I'll explain that. I'm Arm Waiton. He's Jack McMullen. We've got the World Series set here. And, you know, that's something that we talk about on the Just Baseball show. I felt weird just like not acknowledging that. Jordan Lawler just cheering phenomenally from the dugout, by the way. Uh, I've been watching. You know, we're just trying to size up the makeup there. Very supportive. Looks great. Uh, but no, it was really fun watching this Diamondbacks team. A couple former prospects that we've talked about a bunch. Corbin Carroll, G- Gabby Moreno playing huge parts in this. And next week, we're going to be talking Arizona Diamondbacks top prospects. So for those that want to hear about the World Series, go check out the Just Baseball Show because we're talking about the Arizona Fall League and prospect Frankenstein, Jack. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. We're getting spooky. I I said that we were going to get spooky, but um it's fun. And like I I know you and I have entered this phase of Instagram where you see people creating the the ultimate via like a draft. So pretty much what we're going to do is like a five round draft where we pick 10 aspects and like I'm having you pick five aspects of a of a hitter and then I pick some that you don't take like it's pretty much drafting the ultimate prospect as a hitter and a pitcher so it's gonna be fun I don't think it's like clickbaity I think it's actually gonna be enjoyable for everybody that wants to get into the weeds and intricate but also it's you know build your fighter and I'm in on that yeah and and of course I'm gonna have all the numbers ready to go in terms of like contextualizing each of these pitches or tools or command or whatever to uh really make the case here and of course like for those who may not uh I was never a big Frankenstein guy but I get it from the lens of like you're just putting the pieces together right and um these are a lot of interesting pieces here so I'm excited to get into that we're gonna start with the AFL check-in because I'm going to get out there on Friday or Saturday, excuse me, which I'm very excited about. And, you know, stay tuned for that. We'll be getting a lot of good footage, uh, interviews, just live looks, all that good stuff. I'll be writing up pretty much notes from every single game and then hopping on here to talk about it. And it's funny because last time I was out there, there's just a couple of players. I remember just, it was my first look at, like, I was like, Oh my gosh, Jefferson Caro, dude, this guy's a dude. And it's just funny how, it, that just seems to happen every time you get an opportunity to see that many players in one spot. Of course, you can look at the stat lines and and that's what we're going to talk about here today. But there's just something about being able to get out there and see the players in person. Sometimes they're more impressive than the stat line might indicate. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And there were a couple guys that are jumping out in like an insane way. There were some that were hitting. Who'd you say was hitting like 450? Well, you got a couple now. You got James Triantos, who we're going to talk about in a second here. And then you also, which isn't a guy that I I didn't even have on my radar. Liam Hicks of the Rangers. We're going to talk about him as well. Both of these guys have been on another planet so far, you know, in this AFL. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure James Triantos has already set the record in the AFL for triples with five. (laughs) So Cubs prospect, five triples. I saw some video. Dude was motoring. Uh, Like he can run, I think, better than than I expected, better than maybe we gave him credit for. And through 15 games now. He is slashing 436, 522, 782 with five triples, two homers, nine walks, 11 Ks, 24 hits, 24 hits in 55 yeah. at bats. Yeah. I mean, that, that's remarkable stuff in that span running his own contact rate over 90%. Uh, so hitting the ball pretty hard to all fields. Triantos is kind of that typical candidate that is going to see his production tick up. In Arizona, right, because he's a, he's a hit tool guy that with fringy power and you're trying to figure out what the profile is. But that said, seeing this guy do what he's doing right now, you got to feel really good about that if you're a Cubs fan or if you're the Cubs front office, because he is still just 20 years old. And his arc at 20 years old is kind of crazy. And, you know, it's not Dominguez, but it's, you know, it's sort of kind of to that level. Triantos had so much healing him so early. He was 18 years old and people were like, this guy's a top five prospect in the system. And credit to you for saying, I don't see it yet. He can get there, but I don't see it yet. And he really hasn't showcased that at an affiliate just yet. But now he's at the fall league and you can start to recapture some of that helium that had you as this prized possession at 18 years old. At 18, he was the end all be all in the Cubs system. At 19, it was, I'm taking 15 guys over James Triantos, right? It's people don't like him because he hasn't fulfilled this prophecy that he had when he, you know, couldn't like go to an R-rated movie by himself. And then, you know, now he's like starting to earn that back, which is really exciting. And I have a soft spot for those guys because they're the ones that typically change as a baseball player before anybody else does. So I ask you, do you feel like he's changed or is he just done with puberty? I think he's leaning into his strengths more and, and figuring himself out more. Um, and so I guess it would be closer to the latter. Because this yeah. is a dude that it's a plus hit tool, no doubt about it. And that's why people got so excited about him. But you know, putting the ball on the ground a little bit too much. What's his position? How much power is there? All of those questions. One, we're seeing a little bit more juice, which is great. But even if the power is average, okay, now you've got a, a, a plus hit tool, average power, and a guy that can try to find a home defensively. And I think that's the big thing too, because again, you're looking at a profile here. Great. Yeah. It's awesome that he can be a plus hitter, but if he's a plus hitter who can't defend at third or second, like that's, it's a weird that profile. For you? But yeah. now they're giving him reps in center. He's getting some reps in left. He's getting reps still at second and third. And maybe this utility guy who can really still swing it in terms of putting bat on ball is starting to tap into a little bit more juice and can still run like he, he can motor too. He's put on a little strength, still motors. I see this kind of fun, super utility type 
that I think is a really, really good profile for him, given that he is a great bat to ball guy, sneaky wheels, and you know, maybe can tap into fringy power. I, I'm I'm seeing it come together more with Triantos and and that's exciting. And the Cubs are in a really unique spot because if James Triantos is going to make it as a Chicago Cub, it's as a utility guy. Yeah. Because PCA is the center fielder. In left, I mean, you've got Hap for, what, five more years, Suzuki for four more years. At second, you've got your guy in Horner who you extended. At third, there are several other guys that you want before him. And I, I don't know, man, it's it's unique because the Cubs are in such a good spot. And they're in a recency, maybe, but they're in a pretty similar situation to what the Diamondbacks were in a couple of years ago, but better at the big league level, where the Diamondbacks... You know, you might have struggled to find the opening in two years, two years ago, because you were banking on Corbin Carroll to be there and Alec Thomas to be there and one of the catchers to be there, albeit Varsho or, or Gabby Moreno, that kind of thing. A hundred percent. And and I think being able to plug in at third and then find those other spots would be great. And beyond that, crushes lefties, absolutely murders lefties. So he can fit into a nice little like platoon role with that team once the time comes. But you know, I think they want to see him start to to tap into a little bit more production. Uh, and, and I think he's going to do that. This is a great momentum and confidence builder. You got to think about you know the intangible side of things too. Also working very close to <laughs> basically at the Cubs facility. We saw what that yeah. did for Owen Casey last year. Owen Casey never left. Right? He, he trained yeah. there or he played in the fall league and then he never left and he trained there. I'm, I'm assuming they're putting Triantos on the same program. And hopefully it, it pays similar dividends. Sneaky, more guys do that than you would expect. Like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to go to the complex and live there and work. And, you know, some guys will go to a Cressy down in Florida or some guys will, you know, rent an apartment in Kent, Washington. I think it's Kent, mm-hmm. you know, spend the offseason at driveline. Um, but the complex is a great spot where you can be around people that are the decision makers for your immediate future. Yep. Which is which is smart. Yeah. Liam Hicks, Texas Rangers, catching prospect, 24 years old. <laughs> Not a guy that was on my radar, but actually had a pretty nice year. Really good bat to ball, below average power, low chase. <laughs> I got to watch more on the defensive side uh, to understand the profile a little bit more. But yeah. this guy has been unbelievable. He, went, he had a six for six game. In the AF, I, I, a six for six game is out of this world. Uh, he, he's also had four for four, several multi-hit games. Then I tweeted about him and he went over four yesterday. <laughs> but nice. it, it's been amazing watching what Liam Hicks is doing, where if he can develop behind the dish, I mean, the dude's hitting 500 right now. There's not a ton of power, but a bat to ball left-handed hitting catcher. That's interesting. <laughs> like I, I, I I want to just see this guy in person because that's where I can get some more, more looks and understanding on the defensive side of things. But the fact that this guy's making a crazy amount of contact did all year as well. And is just spraying the ball all over the yard from the left side. He's walked more than he struck out. The dude is 27 for 54. (laughs) I think that's remarkable. No, the hits are impossible to ignore. Also no homers yet in like when he's hitting 500, no homers is, borderline impressive, especially from a catcher in in Arizona, (laughs) in Arizona. This is a guy that has seven homers in over 600 professional plate appearances. So when you say there's not much power, like there's not much like there's like none. Is it 30 grade 
<laughs> yeah. 25. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to find a spot in 2023's iteration of baseball for a catcher that has seven homers in 600 minor league plate appearances. And yeah. he wasn't even a master in college at Arkansas state. I think it was four homers in like 45 games, his draft year. Like that's just, it's a hard sell because you need catchers to hit for some juice in this version of baseball. Yeah. Or, or if you can, you know, hit 300, which is yeah. a, a high bar to, to set, but he does have some freakish bat to ball skills and, and just walks a ton. So yeah, yeah I'm with you. It's a really tough, way to try to break in as a catcher, but I'm excited to just see him uh, and, and get an understanding of of what kind of player that the Rangers have there. But nonetheless, they sent him to the AFL for a reason. And, you know, they might have some catching depth here with, with Hicks real quick. Just wanted to talk about Jacob Marcy because uh, we talked about him in, in the yeah. episode previously where, you know, we broke down the Padres farm system and why we really like him, but I just, I can't talk about, hot hitters in the AFL and not talk about Marcy who's at 370 with an 1115 OPS. Uh, he's sprinkled in a couple home runs. He's running all over the place, but it's interesting. He was in a little bit of a dry spell and he's still hitting 370. So I just wanted to highlight him as somebody that I think has really elevated his stock out there. And then Benny Montgomery of the Colorado Rockies. Mm-hmm. I dude, another dude that I really need to go see. Because I can't stand the swing, the pre-swing moves. It's you asked me a couple episodes ago, does he still have that hitch? Like, yes, it's not as dramatic, but there's still a hitch in there. But yeah. he's mashing. He he's been absolutely mashing. 15 games, 328, 429, 531 slash line. Yes, he's punching out at a 27% clip, but he's been hitting the ball really hard. He has three home runs, a double, a triple. I'm still extremely skeptical, but this is the best stretch he's had in some time. I'm just interested to see what it looks like, but that hitch is just killer. And I think that's ultimately what's disrupting his timing, creates more whiff and probably what's going to ultimately hold him back. But for, for former first round pick six, four, still just t- turned 21 years old. There's no. y- you can't give up on a guy like that with his tools. How is he defensively? Do you know? He's he's got the tools to be good. I mean, he covers a ton of ground. The reads have gotten better. Um, it's coming along. I think he can be a good defender out there. Are like are there some parallels to Sam Hilliard, who came up with the Rockies? Like Hilliard, there's a lot of whiff, but obviously he's a physical specimen, and you know he could play. He was just tooled out. Like Hilliard is a tooled out dude, but hasn't really you know accomplished the fine movements that it takes to be an everyday baseball player yeah. to, you know, stick in the big leagues. It's possible. I, I just, I think that hitch is just going to get, cause him to get eaten alive at the upper level. You levels. think anyone's told him? <laughs> yeah. It's gotten quieter. <laughs> like, yeah. It used yeah. to be egregious. Now it's just still this small move that in his load just totally disrupts the timing, right? Like any additional hand movement, it's only going to make it harder to be on time. And, and that's, where he's at right now on the pitching side, Davis, Daniel, who's a big leaguer, you know, he, he, he finished out the year in triple A. No, no. He finished out the year in the big leagues and he actually had a yeah. good start five shutty against the athletics. Uh, he only made a couple appearances at the big league level. He was hurt most of the year. So this is an opportunity for him to just kind of build back up, get that workload built and then be ready to go for next year. 
he'll probably get some important innings for the Angels. And so far, I mean, yeah, he should be taking care of this competition, but it's not an easy place to pitch. There's still a lot of hitters out there that can swing it. And he's been awesome. He's had three appearances so far, four shutout with five Ks uh, against Mesa, six innings of one run ball, 10 Ks against Peoria, and then against Salt River, six innings, two runs, one walk, seven Ks. So, I mean, he's just been dominating hitters there, and I think he's going to get an opportunity on a pretty crappy Angels team next year, maybe bolster the back end of that rotation. Like, he's been a lot more impressive than than Dylan Dodd, who's in a similar situation. Yeah, um, I disqualify both those guys, Daniel and Dodd, from me formulating a thought on them in the Arizona Fall League because they have made a big league debut. Um, that's just like my hard and fast rule. If you are a big leaguer, I don't know like what I can take from you in the fall league because you're facing off with low A, high A guys at points, but he's dominating them. So, you know, at what point do I have to say, all right, he hit this checkpoint. What he's doing is really impressive. And this is probably the checkpoint. Yeah. And and looking at the data, right? It's almost like you got to treat it like he's throwing a bullpen and the curveball has been disgusting for him. And that's been really interesting. Fastball has some good life and he's spotting it. And that's what I'm looking at. And that's looked good. So that'll play, you know, as some sort of swingman or some sort of role, you know, at the big league level. So um, I'm sure the angels are encouraged by that much more interesting on the prospect intrigue side, DJ hers nationals prospects, traded over in that Heimer Candelario deal. Hers finished the year really well in double A and it's just continued that through, you know, this Arizona fall league stint. He had, he's had three appearances. One was not as sharp Two have been really sharp one. The first three innings shut out five K's one walk second one, four innings, three runs, one walk, four K's. Then the next one, most recently four innings, one run on a solo shot, four walks, but nine K's. This dude really looked like he kicked things into another gear when he got traded over to Washington. Uh, and, and I can tell you, I don't think it was something that Washington did because they're they infamously don't touch their prospects. Like they just let them do whatever. Mason <laughs> yeah, they literally just let them let them be. But yeah. if you go back from the trade onward and I, I'm going to take out the first appearance because I've I've noticed that. The first appearance when guys get traded, they typically struggle. New catcher, blah, blah, blah. So from the second appearance he made with Harrisburg, onward, including these three AFL starts, that's 10 games, a 2.05 ERA, 44 innings, 67 Ks, one home run allowed, which was literally last start. And I mean, the only How issue many walks? is 24 walks. Yeah. Which is better. It's better. Yeah. It's yeah. almost palatable. walk rate is almost palatable, but a guy like him could, he could almost get by with that. If he gets it to 10, 11%, I think it becomes palatable. But in that span, opponents hitting a buck 61, 37% strikeout rate. He screams injected with new life. He is the guy, I think, among prospects that were traded at the deadline. He's the one where you probably look at and say that guy needed to change his scenery. He got it and he was rejuvenated by it. Yeah. The the thing with hers, I feel like, and listen, get in the YouTube comments and tell me if I'm wrong. But the thing with hers at the lower levels with the Cubs, 
I always saw, and I, <laughs> you're ingrained in Cubs prospect Twitter. I've been lucky oh, yeah. because I think Alex Cohen does a great job as the voice of the Iowa Cubs. I think um, Brendan King and Max Doma do a, a really good job as the voice of the South Bend Cubs. And I think Sam Wiederhaft is awesome as the voice of the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. So they are constantly interacting in the prospect circles. And it felt like the common concern with hers that I saw from Cubs people was he's so disgusting. Can he rein it in? And he's reined it in just enough in this cameo yeah. as a national to the point where you see legitimate major league starting pitcher as a possibility. Yeah. Because I think when he was in the lower levels with the Cubs, it's this guy's tooled out, but right now he's a reliever. I think now you see, okay, he's a volatile starter, but can for sure be a reliever. Yeah. He's got this essence to him that almost is, is a little bit of a watered down Kyle Harrison which is a, a good prospect, a really good prospect because hers has the deceptive release fastball plays up from that point, from that release. Cause it's an outlier, you know, release point and, and shape. Then this freak changeup that has just been unhittable. And over that 10 game span, by the way, opponents hitting a buck 40 against it. You look at pretty much the whole year, nobody could hit it. And then he mixes in the slider that's inconsistent. But when, when it's there, it's, it's nasty. It's just about commanding it. And, I mean, a, a subdued version of Kyle Harrison is basically a high risk starter who could definitely be a really good reliever. Just maybe not the frontline upside that Harrison has. It's number three upside, but, you know, settle somewhere probably in the middle. Harrison probably settles somewhere in the middle of his frontline upside and bullpen risk. Hers, if he settles somewhere in the middle of that, is back into the rotation starter who gives you flashes of like, holy crap. People start getting hyped up and saying, oh, he's. He, he's better than than you think he is, and he probably is, but he can't do it consistently enough. That said, maybe he can eventually. He's 22, and this is really good for him to, one, be healthy over this stretch, two, have this success consistently, and three, I think be in an organization where no one's in his way, there's nothing to press about, and he's going to get an opportunity probably relatively soon uh, to, to throw at the big league level. I think he'll debut at some point next year. I love the fallback, though. He's a fastball changeup guy that's going to get a lot of outs out of the bullpen or even as a swingman type, because he can go multi-inning. He can turn a lineup over, um, you know, at least once. And then maybe you don't want to have him go third time through cross that bridge. Yeah. When we get there, I, I, this was a great arm for them to get for a rental. They bought low. And I think they're really seeing flashes of what, what can be here with TJ Hurst. Who, by the way, fastball sits low nineties. He throws a 60 something percent of the time and no one can hit it. Yeah. No, no one in that span again, 10 games here, buck 30 against a fastball. You know, it's coming 60 something percent of the time and it's not 98 and no one can hit it. It's pretty interesting. It's it's not a unicorn because we see other guys do it, but like it's close. I don't know. I I was trying to think of a way to alter the term unicorn to like be just a couple but like I was thinking double corn, triple corn, and that just sounds like shit. Yeah, so it sounds weird. It's, it's a unicorn type pitch. It is an yeah. outlier fastball. It's an outlier. Yeah. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just just roll with the uh, the term outlier. It's no, okay. man, that's lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Last guy, Emiliano Tioto. He is nasty. Nasty. Rangers prospect who... I mean, you look at the numbers, they're probably all over the place. So far in the AFL, they've been pretty good. I don't know if you can pull up the Fangraphs numbers from this guy. 
Yeah. But, oh my gosh, is he gross. This is somebody that I am legitimately amped to go see. So far in the AFL. Yeah. So far in the AFL, he's averaging 99 and a half on the fastball. The curveball has been unbelievably gross. And command's been an issue for him. He's thrown 20 curveballs. Or sorry, 24 curveballs, 20 for a strike. So all of a sudden, this guy's throwing strikes now. We'll see if it lasts. But so far in the AFL, he's throwing strikes. Watch out. He struck out 51% of hitters this year on his curveball. It's just disgusting. Really interesting to kind of go level by level. And I don't, I can't get his fall league stuff on fan graphs, but I do have 21 at the complex, 22 in low A, 23 in high A. And the thing that I noticed is at the complex, it's a 68% ground ball rate. Huh, I was hoping. In low A, a, a 59% ground ball rate, and now a 46% ground ball rate. So, huh. like, what changed this year? Did he go from. And attacking bottom of the zone. Obviously, this guy, like, there have been stretches where he walks like five guys per nine, but he's consistently punching out 12 and a half per nine, whichever stop he's at. Yeah. You want me to break your brain? Yes. Apparently, he's actually phased out the four seamer in favor of a sinker more. And that lowered the crumble rate. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I got no <laughs> clue. Like, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at the, the pitch shapes right now. It, it doesn't make sense. What I what I would assume is he's just able to locate this variation of the fastball better. Uh, Maybe. But yeah, isn't that weird? I think ultimately here's here's probably what the answer is. And, and this is something that I talking to hitters who faced Jacob Mizorowski. It was interesting to, to hear from them. They felt like when his fastball, because it's really the velocity and the release point that makes it really nasty. The shape is 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 tough, but it's not this like insane outlier shape. It's an outlier yeah. from like where it's coming from. But they felt like when it was down in the zone, they had a pretty good chance to hit it. It was a lot really? more, you know, it was a lot easier to get the bat to. And when it was up, it was like, forget about it from that release point. I think it might be it similar with Tioto, where Tioto he had this fastball that he liked to put at the bottom of the zone. And even if it's a four seam or sink or whatever it is, it's easier for guys to get the bat on it and put it on the ground. And now he's throwing a fastball more up in the zone. Maybe it's registering more as a sinker because it's, it has a little bit more horizontal, more elevated, but it's still playing better as a whiff pitch up at the top. That's the only thing I can think of. But regardless, how, how are the numbers progressively as the ground ball rate went down? How were his you know run prevention numbers? So in terms of run prevention, Toyoto uh, at the complex in 21, 29 innings, a 3.38 ERA and a whip at 1.4. Um, 2022, 84 innings, ERA down from 3.38 to 3.09 and the whip down from 1.4 to 1.1. And then in Hickory and High A, 61 and two thirds, ERA spiked to run and a half. So from 3.09 to 4.52. And the whip went from 1-1 back to 1-4. So the walks have always been a thing. But low A, he was just limiting base hits. 
um, and high A, the hits came back. It was five and a half hits per nine in down east in 22. And then in Hickory this past year, uh, it was about eight hits per nine. So I got it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. But and, and I think it's really the biggest test for him is going to be himself. But also, I just I just figured out why the, the Sabres are playing better. Yeah. High release point. So high release point, guys, it doesn't matter if up or down, whatever it is. Sinkers play way better than four seamers from guys with high release points. It's just the way it is. Uh, Driveline's done some really interesting things on that. And I think for him, it was like, yeah, four seamer makes sense if you want to elevate to get whiffs. But a sinker is actually going to play better from a six point. I think it's like six point three release height. Like that's really high. Um, So it's just jumps out of the hand better. And I think plays better at both parts of the zone. So I think he's just leaning into the sinker that he naturally has instead of trying to like throw this four seamer. And yeah, maybe it's come with a little bit less uh, ground balls, but he's elevating more and has more confidence in it. And it's actually getting more whiff. Typically not how it's going to happen with sinkers, but when you're a high release point guy, it's just going to play better from there. Um, So that's really interesting. Also, he ran it up this year to 102. That's fun. (laughs) Yeah, so very, very fun arm to watch. I'll, I'll have some video on deck for him. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's see Chaz McCormick wear that off the back of his thigh, oh, huh? Um, off the back. That, that looked terrible. That I felt so bad. There's for no Chaz. way he walked well. There's no way he got out of bed. Did you see his day. arm shaking when he was like lifting himself up? Dude, you have to be. I, that's that's like taking a bullet. I think that's probably that was, that's up there, man. That's that was next level badass. Just being able to get himself up. I thought his leg was going to like collapse. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. Like, yeah, the way I put it on the Just Baseball Show was. If that happened to my like untrained leg, I think my my bone, we settled on it being the femur. I think my femur would actually dissolve into a fine powder and just drift away in the wind. If that happened, like if I caught that where I thought your leg would just be in the backstop. Probably. (laughs) You'd probably just go with and a dislocated hip to boot. But man, I mean, I felt so bad for that. Also, quick thing that I learned, I guess, back half of this season Ben McDonald is awesome at the TV thing. Ben McDonald and Kevin Brown, um, they're the Orioles announcers, and they are like one of the best booths in baseball. But something I learned from Ben McDonald, I think I've been watching, no, it wasn't college baseball. It was an Orioles game. And that, you know, I didn't know until he said it. And I was like, huh, that makes a lot of sense. High spin fastballs. You got me thinking about like easier to see at the bottom of the zone versus top of the zone if it was a four seam. Yeah. High spin fastballs. 
they get chased at the top of the zone, right? We sure. know that guys extend their zone. They get a lot more takes at the bottom yep. of the zone yeah. because hitters think gravity is going to take over and push it shin high. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it stays on plane, ends up knee high, and you get a lot of taken strikes there. Yeah. I found that fascinating. So if you didn't know that, I hope I just taught you something because Ben McDonald taught me something in like August. When guys freeze and people are like, what are you looking at? It's because they thought it was going to be six, eight inches lower. And that's the hard part with the high spin guys in terms of this is why they give up home runs. You got to put it right at the bottom or you got to put it at the top. It's really easy to miss a little high or a little low. And that's what happens with, with Strider and some of these other guys sometimes. You, that was really interesting and I'm glad you brought it up, but you ruined my opportunity in an unbelievable transition into Frankenstein when we were talking about loose limbs, but it's okay. Let's get into prospect Frankenstein. You made up for it. So I'll let you just lead the way. This is your, this is your brainchild. And we know how it worked for the last person who had a Frankenstein brainchild, but like, let's try it. (laughs) Happy Halloween friends. Um, Okay. I'm a big Halloween guy. Well-documented by the way. Are you a big Halloween guy? No, no. So I'm, I'm going to be in the Arizona Fall League for Halloween. Yeah, no, I'm I'm going to be sitting on my ass, probably watching. Uh, is there a baseball game? Yeah, Game Four will be on Halloween night. Yeah. So there we go. I'll be doing that. Um, when I was in like fourth, ah, fifth grade, I think. Um, my parents were like, "Hey, you're probably too old to keep dressing up. Like, let's stay home and hand out, you know, candy to the kids." And I was like, "Okay, yeah." You're right. It's time. And I really haven't been a Halloween guy since. Although Ken Bone, my freshman year at college, the guy in the red sweater with the mustache. Yeah, that was a good costume. Um, All right. Here's how we're going about it. This is pretty much going to be a 10 pick ultimate draft. We're going to do 10 picks rapid fire for pitchers and then 10 picks rapid fire for hitters. And we are trying to create the best prospect against each other. And I, I think we're going to hit Ben who kicks ass with our video and graphics. And it's like, make these graphics and we're going to vote. We're going to have people like vote and see which person put together the better prospect. So originally I was going to say, I don't want to have redundancy with the superlatives thing, but if we're going to do it that way, we can pick guys that pick tools that we picked on the superlatives. I think. So I vote no superlatives. So for, for those who may be confused, we did a superlatives episode. And we did like, yeah. you know, all of the best tools. Um, but if we're going to put a graphic out there, people are going to be like, well, how'd you botch? Yeah, how didn't you talk about this guy's speed? Okay. Fine. Fine. Yeah. I'm always thinking about backlash. That's I'm always ready for that. Um, I understand. Yeah. So, okay. We can include like superlative type things, but I'm going to get creative. I'm still going to get creative. I'm not going to take all the low hanging fruit. I'll, for I'm sure. still not doing it. If there's sure. a borderline one, I'm not going to take the low hanging fruit. So try to stray from this, from the superlatives we gave out if you can, but yeah. if it's too obvious, draft it, it's there. And then the next guy won't, won't be able to draft it, you know? So it, it works out. A hundred percent. So we're going to snake it. So whoever gets the first pick, the other person gets two and three and then gets four. So we're going to start with pitchers, um, arm heads or tails heads. Wait, I've never do heads. Right, well, whatever. Do you want heads or tails? I haven't asked Siri yet. Tails never fails. So tails. Okay. Hey Siri, heads or tails? Heads. Siri didn't say anything, but it was heads. All right. I get first pick. Um, first pick in this, you know, pitcher draft. I, I want the easy fastball because you can thrive with the fastball. I want Mason Miller's fastball. Yeah. Give me a hundred. Give me a crazy 80 grade fastball. So Mason Miller's fastball is mine. Oakland A's prospect. Fair enough. Um, now I get to take a fastball. 
Uh, no, you can take whatever you want. Oh, so I can take any tool from a pitcher? Yes. Oh, okay. That makes it way, way harder. Okay, good thing I have my notes here. Yeah. Ah. Because I got to think about what you're going to take, too. You know, like, yeah. So my fastball is already off the board, so you can save any other fastball. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sit. I'm going to sit on a fastball over here. Um, I'm going to go with. Mm, this is this is good stuff. Who's <laughs> my who's my favorite change up? Because I, I had I didn't want to go with the superlative ones. What's the best change up? Is we'll go. Thorpe? Yeah, I'll go Drew Thorpe change up. Drew Thorpe's change up. OK. So Arm gets Drew Thorpe's change up and you have third pick too. Third pick. So I can pick another pitch. I'm going to go with Jacob Mizorowski's sweeper. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was going to go Mizorowski and I think I might still go Mizorowski, but not his sweeper. Fourth pick. I go Jacob Mizorowski's delivery. <laughs> I want Mason Miller's fastball coming out of Mizorowski's delivery. And with the fifth pick, I want Paul Skeens's build. I want 6'6", 250 coming at you looking like a freak lank machine that throws Mason Miller's fastball. And we should limit it to four pitches and three qualities. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, we're, we're picking five aspects each. So, like, I've limited myself oh, okay. five to five aspects each. Picks. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm all over the place here. I'm finally understanding what we're doing here. You're all okay. good. <laughs> Mm, I'm going to go then. The, the, I'm getting way too analytical. I think so I'm like, oh, well, if I have this guy's pitch shape, then I'm not going to want this release point. <laughs> uh, understood. <laughs> I'm like, which is which is insane. But OK. I got Thorpe's change up. I've got Mizorowski sweeper. What release point do I want with a change up like that and a disgusting sweeper? I honestly think. I think Kyle Harrison's release point works from there. Give okay. me Kyle Harrison's release point. All right. So Kyle Harrison's delivery, I guess, or release point. Yeah. Kyle Harrison's delivery is yours, and you have another pick now. Put release point. Um, okay, I'll put release point. Next one, I'm going to go. This is where it's interesting. Give me Rhett Louder's command. Wow. Okay. And we're going to contextualize all of these. I'll have the data ready to go so people can understand the rationale behind the picks. But yeah. So I was actually thinking a command pick, but I need two more pitches. So I wasn't actually thinking Louder's command. I was thinking Drew Thorpe's command because Thorpe, I think, was too. two and a half Ks per or two and a half walks per nine. That was like the best among all, you know, prospects pretty much that you can think of. Um, but Louder was a beast. He was under two walks per nine at Wake. Yeah, and and the reason I went louder is, I it was the way he could command four pitches. It, all four pitches were landed for a strike in college, like sixty-five to seventy percent of the time. So, uh, gotcha. yeah, I, I love Thorpe's command too. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Got you. Um, you picked Thorpe's change. I go Dylan Lesko's changeup. Great one. I want that thing. That thing is disgusting. That's like a screwball. Talked about. Yeah, that's yeah. Like it's it's like. Airbender Jr. and I want yeah. Airbender Jr. Fair enough. 
So I go Lesko's change, um, and I need a slider or a curveball to work off of all this. And I think I'm going to take your guy Job's slider. Fair enough. So I and think I, that's what I got to do. That that finishes mine. Do I have another pick or am I toast? You have another pick. So can you tell me what I've got right now? <laughs> Yes. So I just finished my guy with Mason Miller's fastball, Jackson Job's slider, Dylan Lesko's changeup. He's built like Paul Skeens, and he's got the delivery of Jacob Mizorowski. You have Kyle Harrison's release point with Rhett Lauder's command. And so far, you have Drew Thorpe's changeup and Jacob Mizorowski's sweeper. So I, I need pick a, a fastball. I, I need a fastball. <laughs> <laughs> um. Can I take Yoshinobu Yamamoto's fastball? No, we're going to keep it to prospects. Sure. The reason why, no, the only reason I brought that up is I'm writing a piece on Yamamoto right now and I wanted to plug it. I'm, I'm having a blast. This uh-huh. is an outlier fastball. That's going to be a problem. So we'll break that down in another episode. That, that piece will be out in, in the coming days. Cool. Fastball. I'll, I'll go with Andrew Painter's heater. I love that. He's just coming off a of TJ. He'll be fine. He's going to throw yeah. that thing with fuzz. So can I tell you? So does I that mean a, if I don't pick a body, I just have a stock body? Um. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I have a stock. My guy's a stock pitcher's body. I think yeah, for whatever you leave open, 200. it's a stock, whatever. So if, 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 sure. if I don't, yeah, that, that makes sense. For sure. Um. Yeah. Things that I left on the cutting room floor that I was thinking about. Um, the big one was Robbie Snelling's build. Like, I want my guy to look like a linebacker. And uh, I I opted for Skeens because Skeens and Snelling give me shades of indestructibility. And there's something about 6'6", 250 that I just cannot ignore. Fair enough. Um, though, what I left on the cutting room floor was uh, Noah Schultz's slider. Mm-hmm. How about I mean, just Noah Schultz's body? Like 6'9". Yeah, his release point and his everything. I, opponents hit sub 100 against Noah Schultz, uh, is against that slider. Um, so just, just for a little context there, uh, another one was the curveball from Mick Abel. And Mick Abel's, I think, a little bit of prospect fatigue in terms of, of we forget kind of how incredible his stuff can be. Fastball sits 96, but that curveball, it's a power curve at 81. Yeah. Opponents hit under 100 against it. They were nine for 107 this year against this curveball with 52 yeah. punchies. That's a pitch that easily could be in the fold there too. And then I left off DJ Herz's K strut because he had this oh, nice. moonwalking K strut in the <laughs> AFL the other day, and I was like, I need that in my bag. But you know that That's wasn't gonna, that wasn't going to be in there for us. The only other non pitch that I was entertaining. You know I'm a sucker for athletic pitchers, and if you listen to the show, you know I love athleticism and a delivery. Tink Hens's athleticism yeah. was something that I was thinking about, but I didn't opt for. Tink Hens's athleticism with Paul Skeens's build is an Olympian. Yeah, no, I, that's like pick a sport. Like that's pretty much LeBron James. Right? No, say that's like I was gonna say that's like Miles Garrett. <laughs> like yeah. that's basically yeah. who that is. Um, any any. Of the pitches you want, like some a little bit more context to, I can dig up some some data on. Um, I you you shed a little light on Mizorowski's sweeper, but if you can like actually quantify how 
absolutely disgusting that pitch was this year, I think that would do our listeners a nice service. Yeah. So, I mean, what's really interesting is, is Trackman, Rapsodo, whatever is used to, you know, cover Mizorowski's starts, doesn't know how to label his pitches because he has this, this cutterish. It's, 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 a, it gets labeled as a slider, but it's really a cutter. And the curve is really a sweeper that gets labeled as a curve. And, and that pitch, he throws it at 85, hard as hell from this ridiculous release point. And opponents hit 095 against it. They were seven for 74 with 47 strikeouts. The craziest part, too, is that he rips it to left-handed hitters who can't hit it. They were one for 44. And then he rips it to right-handed hitters who hit it actually a little bit better. And that's why he runs that cutter in on them instead. But the fact that it's such a devastating pitch to lefties is fast. One for 44 is insane. (laughs) One for 44 with 34 strikeouts. That's (laughs) if you're a lefty, just don't swing. And actually they don't. It yielded a 30% swing rate. (laughs) And they they still struck out all the 68% of the time. Is that, is that some of the best data that you've ever seen on a singular pitch in a given year? Yes, if he filled up the strikes on more. But yes, I mean, in terms of just like 44 per- with 34 yeah. punch outs is so hard to comprehend. I don't think I've seen anything like that. Anthony Maldonado's slider was close to that yeah, for a stretch. Disgusting. Uh, but yeah, from a starter, nah. Also, I mean, speaking of Maldonado, speaking of relievers, Kirkering slider. Uh, that Yeah, that that's low hanging fruit, I think, honestly, because that's an 80. Yeah, that, that's one that we but like he's he's pitching the playoffs so yeah. i'm glad we didn't pick that one um sure. yeah any any of your pitches that you picked before we move on to the hitter um i we talked about mason miller's fastball when we were talking superlatives um job slider we've we've hit we've on a little bit it, yeah yeah and lesko's change we just did on the on the yeah. padres perfect so we're, we're all caught we're up before hitters. we get to the hitters you want to wrap up with the complete profile of both of these guys Yes. So Aram has a pitch mix of Andrew Painter's fastball, Jacob Mizorowski's sweeper, and Drew Thorpe's changeup. He has Kyle Harrison's release point and Rhett Lauder's command. I have Mason Miller's fastball, Jackson Job's slider, Dylan Lesko's changeup. I have Paul Skeens' build and Jacob Mizorowski's delivery. So this will be in graphic form on the call-up Twitter and go vote and tell me why I'm right. I had the first pick when it came to pitchers. So you get the first pick when it comes to hitters. This is, this is interesting, man. And, and from the hitting side, are we, we're also including the, you know, it's a position player. So it's defensive, it's defensively. It's, it's the whole yeah. profile. It's yeah, the whole, whole profile. profile. You taking PCA's well, defense? <laughs> oh gosh. No, not yet. Not yet. You can go ahead. I I told you, I don't bake defense into these rankings too much. Of course, it's a separator when you're PCA, but yeah. for the history has shown it's all about it's all about the offensive side of things, uh, yeah. especially a lot of these positions. There's a few different ways you can go because it's like, OK, w- do I want to draft the power first? Do I want to draft the hit first? But I, I think with the limited number of of hitters who are genuinely like elite bat to ball wise i'm gonna go and i know that from a hit tool grade amador would probably be higher but i'm gonna go with jackson holiday's field a hit 
Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. He was the best one in the minor leagues. Like Amador is obviously a high batting average guy, but Holiday, there's he walked at what a 12% clip this year against he, ridiculously advanced competition. Um, he yeah, he whiffs a little bit more, but he still is able to kind of find the gaps, leverage his counts well, still per, hit over 300. It's amazing. He's one of the few guys, like I said, that I feel confidently can place the ball where he wants. So he may whiff a little bit more. Maybe he's, he doesn't hit for as high of an average as Adai Almador, but I think he can at the, at the big league level. And I'll just take the overall feel to hit over gotcha. Amador. So that's my that's my first pick. Got you. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Camonero's power. I want Junior Camonero's power, a guy that consistently pumps out, what, 110s, one What's his max? Like 117, 118? I think his max was 117. Damn, man. Okay. Give me Camonero's power. And I want... I want James Woods' body. You just love big-ass hitters and big-ass baseball players. I want a huge MF. I like it. But why do you want a huge MF if you already have the big power? Because there's something super intimidating about them, and I'm going to have some complimentary pieces that makes them an alien. What a waste of a pick. Whatever, man. It was your (laughs) next pick. You got a guy with huge power, and then you just still drafted a, a big dude. For sure. Uh, next pick. I feel like I got to go hit and power as well. So I'm going to go. Mm, you took James Wood's body. I could still take his power. Mm-hmm. I, but I kind of like, I like Langford's power a little bit more. Are you going like Langford's power, power projection? But I, in terms of output right now, Emmanuel Rodriguez also hit a ball like 117 miles an hour this year. Ooh. Worth noting. But I'm going to go Wyatt Langford's power. It'll be okay. a trendier pick. If we're, I'm, I'm appealing to the masses. I like that. No, you know your audience. Um, you have another pick. So right now you have Jackson Holiday's field to hit and Wyatt Langford's power. Okay. I'm trying to decide what position I want this guy to play at. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and where that's where that's going to kind of factor in here. But... Or I could just go all in on the offensive side of things. I'm going to take, this is where I'm going to take the uh, PCA defensive ability. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Once I got the hit and power, now defense comes into the, to, comes into the equation. I understand. Um, I'm going off the top 100 with my next pick. I'm going to go Victor Scott speed. <laughs> I think oh, if we can just get this dude as cracked out as we possibly can, I'm in. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty cracked. Stealing out. 90, what, how many? 95? At least. There was something, and I think he was only caught like 11 times. Yeah, he's efficiently insane. Victor Scott, let's see, this year between, it was high A and double A. 132 games. He stole 94 bases, got caught 14 times. So, yeah, give me Victor Scott's speed. If you, if you add the AFL, 105 bags, 15, uh, 15 Yeah, just a sneaky time. 10 for 11 in the Arizona <laughs> Come on now. In 15 games, he's got 10 bags. Joke. That's ridiculous. Okay, so right now I've got Caminero's power, James Wood's body, Victor Scott's speed. 
I could just make this dude O'Neill Cruz and give him Jordan Lawler's fielding ability. Um, Lawler, obviously exponentially better defensively than O'Neill Cruz. Man, because you took PCA's outfield defense. Yeah, I did. Tell me if tell me if you think this is crazy. If I were to go Chorio's outfield defense. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, do you think Chorio is okay? Because like he can be a good center fielder, but you don't think he's like gold glove. But yeah, it, it, like it's good. But if you're if you can get anything you want, like Chorio's reads are still a work in progress. Understandably so. He's another guy that the bat is just outpaced the glove. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, Lawler or Joey Ortiz? Give me Lawler because I think that guy has multiple gold gloves in his future. Okay. Jordan Lawler's infield defense. I don't. I don't hate that at all. I, I was thinking of some other some other gloves that are interesting, like Sedan Rafaela. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a special glove out there. I had him circled, but go with Lawler. That's your guy. I'm going with Lawler. That's my guy. And you're right. Shout out to him for being an excellent dugout cheerleader. Love it. I mean, this experience has to be very valuable for him. Yeah. though. it's awesome. Uh, Not me. You've got two picks to wrap. So you've got Holiday's field to hit, Langford's power, and PCA's defensive ability. I want Evan Carter's approach. Ooh, okay. This dude's takes right now in the postseason balls that are like a ball off, just easy take. It's like out of the hand take. I, it's it's amazing what what he's able to do there. So I've got Holiday's field to hit, Langford's power, PCA's defensive ability, Evan Carter's approach. Whose speed do I want? Or is there something else I could do? I left you a bunch. I left you Chandler Simpson, but obviously uh, you got Dylan Head, you got Chorio. You got options. I'm going to go with Chorio speed. Chorio speed. Okay. Such a hype beast prospect I just built. <laughs> <laughs> what what Jays are is your prospect wearing? Oh, huh. uh, he's he's wearing um he's wearing Galaxy foam posits. Oh, I love that. Um I go Amador's hit tool in the most predicted selection ever. So to wrap up hitters, Aram has Jackson Holiday's field of hit, Wyatt Langford's power, Pete Crow Armstrong's defensive ability, Evan Carter's approach, and Jackson Chorio's speed. And I've got Junior Caminero's power, James Wood's body, Victor Scott's speed, Jordan Lawler's field ability, and Adel Amador's field of hit. We created some mega beasts. I'm in. For full transparency, those are both the best players to ever live in, in the yeah. history of the sport. Yeah, um, but which one's better? Which one's number one? Which one's number two? We'll put that out. Let us know in the YouTube comments. And if you're listening to this, go check out the call up Twitter uh, where you can vote on it or just tweet at us and tell us who won that. Because let me let me just say I had a great time and not just because it was my idea. Yeah, no, I think 90% because it was your idea, but no, that was fun. I I, I did enjoy that a lot. Mm. Reminder that that Padres farm system breakdown is our previous episode. Go check that out. Also up on justbaseball.com. As always, thank you for listening. Look forward to talking prospects with you Friday.